This podcast is a presentation of Faith Assembly of God, where our mission is to connect people with Christ and to experience life. Get more information online at faithishere.org and join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 11 a.m. Thank you for making this podcast a part of your week. Man, aren't you glad he's alive and he lives in you today? Thank you, boys and girls. Wonderful job. And appreciate your reminding of this again today in this service. Great to see you. You look wonderful. Stand with me. Take your Bibles out. And uh, turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. For you that are visiting, we invite you to come back every week. Every week at Faith Assembly of God is Resurrection Sunday. Because he's alive today, but he's alive next Sunday and the Sunday after that and the one after that. And we just love to have you with us all the time. You look like such wonderful people. Luke 24 and verse 36. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself handle me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of boiled fish, broiled fish and some honeycomb. And he took it and ate it in their presence. And he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send you the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Hallelujah. Father, we love you so much. We thank you, God, for the powerful word of God. We thank you, you are our hope and our help and our strength today. I thank you, God, for Easter, not just an event that occurred 2,000 years ago, but the power is there to change lives today. So we thank you, God. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the empty tomb. And we thank you for your glorious presence here today. We'll give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Just turn to someone, say, Happy Easter and Resurrection Sunday, then you may be seated. want to welcome also all those who are watching by way of video in the back. Great to have you with us today as well in our other facility. Family was uh, watching the Easter story on television, and they had seen it several times before, but the little girl that was watching, her eyes were glued to the TV set. And as she watched Jesus Christ be tortured and then 
crucified. She remained completely silent as her eyes were fixed on that television screen and, 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 screen, and tears began to just kind of roll down her cheeks until they put the body of Jesus Christ into the tomb. And at that point, the little girl suddenly smiled and shouted, now comes the good part. Now comes the good part. I want to tell you, Calvary is not the final word. The cross is not the final word. The disciples had gone through their grief. They had gone through their crying and their weeping and all the emotions that were shared that day on Calvary. They watched Jesus endure the pain of death. They watched the stripes they were put on his back. They watched him being nailed to a cross. They watched the suffering. They watched him as they laid his body down into the tomb. And they sealed that large stone over top of that tomb. And as the stone was rolled into place, it seemed with that stone, uh, all their hopes, all their ambitions, all their dreams had disappeared. But now comes the good part. Now comes the good part. And on that Easter morning, the Bible says the earth began to shake. The ground shook. The, the stone that was there was rolled away. And Jesus Christ walked out of that grave and that tomb triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. What an incredible miracle. How many know dead people tend to stay dead? And yet Jesus Christ... After three days, walked out alive. But you may ask the question this morning, how does this Easter story affect my life? We know the story. We've heard it many, many times. How does the fact that a a Jewish man died 2,000 years ago, that he rose again from the grave, how does that impact me as I go to work tomorrow? How does that affect my life as I go to school tomorrow? How does that affect me in all of my daily tasks at home and and as I go through the motions day after day after day? How does the death and resurrection have any meaning for my life right now? What difference does the resurrection make? I'm going to give you four things. And if you've got your outlines, you can just turn on the back of your bulletin. We have some notes jotted down for you this morning. Number one, it gives me peace gives me peace. Why don't you look at verse number 36 again. Now he said these things. Jesus himself stood in the midst and said to them, peace to you. Peace to you. Jesus knew his disciples would be confused. He knew they were grieving. He knew they were frightened. They were hiding behind locked doors. But I want to tell you, Jesus Christ understands all of our feelings. He knows what you're going through today. He knows your fears. He knows what you're experiencing. He knows when you're frightened. He knows when you're grieving. He knows when you're hurting. And his very first words were, peace to you. Peace to you. Everyone is looking for peace of mind. We live in a very troubled world, troubled economy, troublesome times. And this lack of peace. It drives people to drugs, drives people into alcohol, drives people to commit terrible deeds. This lack of peace can even drive people to insanity. Tradition tells us that the governor Pontius Pilate, who gave the edict that Jesus Christ would be crucified, he could have had him released. 
could have had him set free, but he gave the command. You remember the story? He took a basin of water. He dipped his hands in the water and he washed his hands. uh, And he said, I am innocent of the blood of this man. Uh, Tradition tells us supposedly that eventually Pontius Pilate went insane. uh, And he could be seen often uh, just washing his hands, wiping his hands, trying to get off that invisible blood of the Lord Jesus Christ from off his hands. But I want to tell you, when you have peace of mind, your stomach aches will go away. Your headaches will go away. Your doctor bills, you won't have to pay. The medicine in your cabinet, you can throw the volume away and the other drugs that calm you down, that help you to sleep at night, that help you to wake up in the morning. Uh, Clean out your cabinets because Christ is alive. Uh, And he came and he said, peace be to you. But I want to tell you something even better than peace of mind. As significant and important as that may be, is to have peace with God. To have peace with God. You see, Easter tells us the grave is not the end. And as a result, I don't have to fear death myself. And if I believe Jesus died and rose again for me, then I can have my peace with God, my maker, my creator. And if I believe God's word today, now is Christ risen. Uh, I can face my future with calmness. I can face my future with an assurance and a confidence that because he's alive, uh, God is with me. Uh, I don't have to be afraid anymore. He's alive. For whatever good I undertake, I know that because Christ is alive, uh, God will work everything out for my good, according to those who know the Lord. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, look at verse number 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, My beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Because he's alive, I can be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. See, the resurrection makes all the difference. It gives me peace, peace with myself, peace with God. Second, Because Jesus Christ is alive, it gives me joy. Joy. Look at verse number 41. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled and said to them, do you have any food here? Now, the disciples, they're confused. They thought they were seeing a ghost when Jesus Christ is standing there. And so they don't know what to believe. Here he is. They saw him be put in that tomb. They they saw him being crucified. And now he's standing in the room with them. And at first they thought, this is a ghost. And as much as they wanted to believe, as much as they wanted to rejoice at even seeing that figure in the room, uh, they still had doubts. Uh, And so Jesus let them touch him. He said, feel my hands, feel my body, see that I'm alive. I'm not a ghost. I'm right here with you. In fact, he says, let's even eat some dinner together. And so he took the food and he ate it. How many know ghosts don't eat? I don't know if they do or not. I don't think they do. So they took some fish and honeycomb and ate. You see, 
when Jesus settles our frustration because he is alive and he gives us his peace, the peace of God is always followed by the fruit of joy. So you have peace that passes all understanding and then joy follows that peace that he gives. Now let me tell you a little bit about the joy that Christ came to give you. The joy that God gives is a lot better than happiness. Happiness is okay, but happiness is built is based on the happenings around you. Happiness. It depends on your outside circumstances being right. And when it's a pretty day and everything's going well and everybody's nice around me, then I can be happy. But joy comes from that inner peace that only God can give. It's the resurrected Lord living inside of me. And that produces a deep-seated joy which goes much further than happiness. You see, happiness disappears when I go through the difficulties. Happiness goes away when I go through the tragedies of life or or I face the setbacks or or I face the disappointments. Uh, The happiness is gone. Uh, But that deep joy is that constant fact of knowing the risen Lord lives inside of me and he's going to see me through any problem, any test, any trial so I can rejoice in the Lord. Joy. Joy. Turn to Luke chapter 24, back to the same chapter. Go back to verse 17. There's two disciples. The Bible said they're on their way to Emmaus. And they're traveling together and they're sad and they're depressed and they're crushed because their Savior, their Lord, has just been killed. And the circumstances crush their spirits. There was absolutely no happiness. Look, if you would, at verse 17. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one who was named Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and have not known, and you have not known the things which happened there in these days? Now he's walking beside him. Their grief, their tears, their sorrow, they didn't even recognize that it was Jesus Christ in their midst. Their eyes were veiled. But jump down, if you would, to verse number 30. And now it came to pass that he took, that when he sat at the table with them and he took the bread, he blessed it and he broke it. And he gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Uh, You see, the encounter with the risen Lord changed all their sadness. uh, And all of a sudden there was a burning in their heart uh, because they had an encounter with the risen Lord. Uh, Listen, when you invite Jesus Christ to come into your heart and life uh, because he's alive, because he lives inside of you, uh, your heart will begin to burn within you. Uh, You will rejoice in the Lord uh, over any kind of circumstance or situation you might face. The risen Lord makes all the difference because now he lives inside of me. Rejoice! Now is Christ risen. William Botch tells the story about the Greek Orthodox tradition. And he says the day after Easter was devoted to telling jokes. They'd have their Easter celebration the day after 
Everybody in the Orthodox tradition would tell each other their very best jokes. They felt they were imitating the cosmic joke that God pulled on Satan in the resurrection. Satan thought he had won and was smug in his victory, smiling to himself, having the last word. Uh, So he thought. Then God raised Jesus from the dead and life and salvation became the last word. Uh, I want to tell you, we've got some jokes to tell today uh, because Satan has been defeated. Uh, We can rejoice in the Lord. Uh, He is conquered. He is risen today. You see, the bottom line is death is the ultimate fear. But if it couldn't hold Jesus Christ down, that tells me death can't defeat us. And if we can face death unafraid, we can face anything else that may come our way because I have the joy of the Lord. I have the risen Christ living inside of me. Joy. What difference does it make? It brings peace. It brings joy. Number three, it brings hope. Brings hope. The great Christian virtues. Look at verse number 44. And then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. All things must be fulfilled. Now, what does that tell me? It tells me this. If Jesus Christ fulfilled that promise of his first coming in Bethlehem, of his death on Calvary foretold by Isaiah the prophet and his resurrection from the dead. If Jesus Christ fulfilled every one of those promises, he's got some more promises in the word of God. And if he's faithful to fulfill those, he's going to fill every other promise in the book. That's great news. Now, you may not be jumping up and down now, but let me tell you one of his promises. Uh, When he ascended up into heaven, uh, he left this promise. This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, uh, will so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. I want to tell you, that's a promise. Uh, And he fulfilled the first promise by dying and raising from the dead. Uh, He'll fulfill that last promise when he says, I'm coming back. Get ready, I'm coming back for my church. And so that is my hope. The grave is not the end. The graves are going to burst open. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the air. Every promise is going to be fulfilled. Look at that day when he appeared to the disciples. He gave them a promise right then on the spot. Verse number 49, behold, I send the promise. There's a promise. I fulfilled the promise of my resurrection. You got another promise coming up. Of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. He promised the Holy Spirit he would send him back. He promised that Holy Spirit would give power for witness and for service. What an incredible promise. You see, when Jesus Christ was here in person. He limited himself to a physical body. He took on flesh. That's the incarnation. So he could only be one place at one time. But now he says, it's good that I'm going away because if I leave, I'm going to send to you another comforter. He shall be in you. He shall be with you. So now wherever I go, God lives in me. 
God's in my heart and in my life through his Holy Spirit. What a promise. What an incredible promise. And that Lord who is in with, within me proved, he said, he promised in his word, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He promised he would guide us and comfort us in our journey. He promised to work all things out together for good. He promised to protect us from the evil one. He promised to come for us and take us home and live with him forever. Then we'll hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Because he lives, every promise is going to be fulfilled. Turn back to 1 Corinthians 15 again, that great resurrection chapter. Look, if you would, at verse number 19. If in this life only we have hope, look at the word hope, in Christ, we are of all men most pitiable. This is all there is, all our hopes are wasted. All our hopes are in vain. But now look at the next verse. But now Christ is risen from the dead. Therefore I do have hope. And become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one after his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards those who are in Christ at his coming. I want to tell you, I have hope today because the tomb is empty. Because he's not there. He's coming back. Dr. Siemens tells a story of a Muslim in Africa who became a believer, became a Christian. And some of his friends ask him the question, "Why, why have you become a Christian? Why did you leave Islam? Why are you following serving Jesus? And the man answered him and said, it's like this. Suppose you're going down a road and suddenly the road forks in two directions and you didn't know which way to go. And there at the fork of the road were two men, one dead and one alive. Which one would you ask for directions? (laughs) I want to tell you, Christ is alive, uh, and he lives in us. Uh, Ask him for directions. He'll show you and tell you the way to go. Hallelujah. Number four, what difference does the resurrection make in my life? It gives me, first of all, peace, then joy, then hope. And number four, it gives me a purpose. Gives me a purpose. Jump down to 46. Verse 46, thus it is written and thus it is necessary for Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name and to all nations. There's our purpose, church. Beginning at Jerusalem and you are witnesses of these things. You see, we are called to be witnesses. That's our purpose. His resurrection gives me that purpose. He says, you're a witness of what you've seen, what you know. I'm alive. And he doesn't want us to keep it into ourself. He wants us to go out and tell everybody we see. Jesus Christ is alive. He's the Messiah. He's the answer. He's our sacrifice. He's our risen Lord. Uh, That is our message. Our mission, he says, 
in Luke 24 is to preach repentance and remission of sins to every nation. Beginning at Jerusalem. Listen, guys, tomorrow go into your office and say, boy, did we have a Sunday. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, If you don't know him, you can find him. Let me tell you all about him. We've got a witness. Go into your schools. uh, Go wherever you go. But I want to tell you, let's be ready to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Tell everybody, the Lord is risen. They say, how do you know? He lives inside of me. He's changed my life. Uh, I was once into alcohol. I was once into drugs. Uh, I was once into immorality. Uh, I had anger issues. I had bitterness. But Christ came and he took it all away. I am a new creature. We've got a testimony. You don't stop there. It says the gospel should go to all nations. I want to encourage you, church, pray for the nations of the world. If you can go on a missions trip, go. If you can give, give. But whatever it takes, this good news is meant to go all the way around the world. That is our purpose. That is our reason for being. This church is not just for you guys. You guys is a northern expression. I think you say y'all down here. Not just for youans. It's for everybody else still out there that are lost, that haven't yet heard the good news, that haven't responded to the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the good news is he gave us the power to fulfill the mission. You're not on your own. The Holy Spirit has been sent back to be our helper, our counselor, our friend, our empowerment. You can go into any bookstore and probably the largest section of most of the bookstores, your Barnes and Nobles and and, uh, whatever else they're called out there, Books a Million, and you can look through the books, is the self-help section. Don't you love the self-help section? And you walk around the self-help section and you can find out how to get a better job. You can find out how to lose weight. You can find out how to have better relationships, how to be a better manager, how to have inner peace. And all those kind of things are found in the self-help section of your local bookstore. The only problem is they don't give you the power to make those changes. It's just knowledge. It's just so much knowledge up in our brain, but there is no power to make the changes. And without the power, those books are as useless as a car without gas or a gun without bullets. But the resurrection makes a difference because I have that power inside of me to make those changes. To live life right. To live life like God intended us to live our life. And deep inside, every one of us want to have that kind of lifestyle. That's what we desire. And we can have that power because Christ lives within. Listen to Romans eight eleven. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, you who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Listen, in Christ Jesus, his Holy Spirit is inside of us. And that's the power to make those changes. When you receive Christ, his spirit comes in. It's the same spirit that broke the chains of death off the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the same spirit that came in and brooded over that tomb and breathed life 
back into Jesus Christ uh, and raised up his body. uh, And if God's spirit can defeat death, listen to me, there is no habit, there is no sin, there is no attitude uh, that can withstand the power of the spirit of God. His spirit, his presence makes a difference. Peter's an incredible story. I think a lot of us can identify with the apostle Peter. So much like us, big mouth, saying things we shouldn't say, sticking his foot in his mouth and doing all those kinds of things. Peter is in a courtyard. Jesus Christ is being tried in, inside, just inside the chambers of the Sanhedrin. And he's outside in that little courtyard. He's warming his hands by the fire. And a little milkmaid, a little, little maid comes around and says, aren't you? Don't you know Jesus? Aren't you from Galilee? Aren't you one of his disciples? And he he denies them. And he does it three times. And the Bible said the last time with cursings. He cowers down before a little bitty tiny maid. But after Christ arose, everything begins to change. Turn to Acts chapter 2. This is that Peter who we saw cowering down before this little maid. He's preaching now on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the crucifixion and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you in miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, you killed him, God raised him up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Now, I'm going to tell you, the disciples are not out of the woods yet. They could have been killed and crucified just as easily as the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, 11 of the 12 would wind up giving their life for the gospel of being killed, being martyred for their faith in God. And so they're not out of the danger, but he stands up and says, you guys killed Jesus. A boldness, an incredible boldness that Peter has now. What made the difference? Uh, He had seen the risen Lord. Uh, He experienced the risen Christ. Uh, He had received the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And now he preaches and declares boldly, this same Jesus you crucified, God raised him up. Boldness. Listen, we've got no reason to fear. Now, will you accept that purpose? Will you accept that mission of Easter? If so, your schedules ought to change. If so, your agendas ought to change. If so, the way you go to work tomorrow ought to change. If so, the way you go to school tomorrow ought to change. You'll look for ways to begin to share that good news with everybody you see. You will make it your priority. Accept the mission. How does that resurrection that occurred 2,000 years ago, how does that affect my life? right now. Isn't that really what we want to know? Listen, when you go to work or school or at home, because he lives, you can have peace in the midst of the storm. 
Because he lives, you can have the joy of the abiding Christ in me, my hope of glory. Uh, Because he lives, I can have hope for my future. uh, And I can have his spirit in my life right now as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Uh, And because he lives, I shall live also. And one day every promise is going to be fulfilled uh, and the graves are going to open up. And I will be with the Lord again forever because he lives. It changes. It affects everything about our lives. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for every person. This podcast has been a presentation of Faith Assembly our mission is to connect people with Christ and to experience life. Thank you for listening this week.